Episode 48 of the Press Pass podcast presented by the Press Republican with Editor-in-Chief Joe LaTemplio, Night Editor Ben Rowe, I am Sports Editor Joey LaFranca, and Joe, we have a special guest, Yes, and you wanted do. to introduce him, yes, so you I go do. ahead. I'm pleased to announce that here on the Press Republican Press Pass podcast, we have, it's not our first guest, though. No, right? no, which he envies. Yes. Our biggest guest so far, though. Absolutely. We're pleased to welcome Town of Clattsburg Supervisor... Michael Cashman. Now, Mr. Cashman has been in the news a little bit lately um, for some of the things he's been doing in the town of Plattsburgh, and one of them was a great initiative to promote the Michigan, uh, (laughs) which is a North Country food staple in our region, has been for decades, um, but nobody's ever had the foresight to market it. And this man stepped up and took the initiative and named, was it July, month of Michigan? July is the month of the Michigan. So, uh, therefore, I'm giving him a new nickname, Michael Michigan Cashman. (laughs) Let it be said. But he gets in the ring. (laughs) It's perfect. Do you like that, or what about just like Michigan Mike? Uh, (laughs) No, it's a little too close to Magic Mike, (laughs) which someone tried to call me. It's perfect. Michael Michigan Cashman. I like that. I like that. Now, like that. that opens up a whole conversation, though, that as much joy as the March of Michigan's, the month of Michigan's has inspired, it's also inspired a bit of debate, if you haven't heard, about the fact that we put the question out of the community when you say, oh, I'm going to go and buy a Michigan. Is that word Michigan, is that lowercase or is that capitalized? Oh, it's capital. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely capital. Um, well, why do you say that though? Because you know, to me, it's like you know, the Michigan. And to me, I also call it the you know, the Michigan. Right. You know? right. So it's like capital T, capital you know M. So uh, that's the way that I look at it. I'll tell you one quick funny story about the the photo you folks ran. Uh, me and and one of my my colleagues, uh, Jess, who dressed as as a Michigan. Uh, a bunch of people said, "Oh, you should have been in the the, the hot dog costume." And I have a friend that's been in national politics for years and, I mean, worked with presidential candidates and all kinds of things and have gone to a lot of county fairs and, you know, uh, you know, down to Philly eating the, you know, the, the, the steak and cheese and stuff like that. He goes, let me give you a piece of advice. Uh, if you ever get elected, never get uh, photographed eating food if you can. So I, I, so far, I think I've I've achieved that. So um, I I took his words and also applied it. Don't dress like food either. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, don't be like food. Yes. Um, no, that was it was uh, it was a wonderful story. And and uh, again, welcome. Uh, thank, you. thank you for being here. Um, so maybe you can talk a little bit about marketing the region and the Michigan Avenue is one one way to do it. Well, if I and could just add real quick, because the fact I like that advice about not getting photographed while eating food, because as a former photojournalist, we look for those opportunities. It's the former mayor, Calnon, um, city of Plattsburgh mayor. He did a um, pie eating contest, and you can imagine my eagerness to see the mayor <laughs> dive his face into a pie. Absolutely. And then you had um, Senator Chuck Schumer come up here, and he tried out some honey, and that was also another opportunity. And those photos, yes, those are the ones that. <laughs> yeah, that you you you, you, you got to be somewhat uh, wise wise to your surroundings, but uh, <laughs> we've we've gotten a lot of interest on the Michigan thing. I mean, it's it's been incredible. Um, yes, and, and and that's that's part of our region, and as as well as our history and everything, and we'll get we'll get to the Canadians in a minute. 
Um, but it, talk a little bit about marketing this area and, and how the town of Plattsburgh fits in with that. Sure. So, you know, for me, Joe, the way that I even look at, at the region is um, I'm not from the North Country originally. I moved up here in 99 to go to, to, to SUNY Plattsburgh, and I'm from the Cape Cod area. And I've always looked at, you know, this region as having a lot of things that many tourist communities have, you know, and the Michigan is is part of the identity and the, and the culture here. And, you know, uh, our Trevor Cole and, and Jess and myself, when we were having these conversations, it was like, you know, no one's really doing anything larger. And, you know, interestingly enough, the town of Plattsburgh has seven Michigan places. That's pretty incredible to have like yeah. seven, you know, and McSweeney's has obviously three of those, but still to have, you know, seven of the same kind of food and, and then it, for it to be well known um, so that we knew that we wanted to muster up the courage to maybe, you know, uh, lean in a little bit and do something and really show how buried it is, you know, in, in the North Country. Uh, and wow. tons of puns to go on there, right? Yeah, absolutely. And they just come rolling right off. Um, but... The, the joke about it, though, is you can talk to anybody and almost everybody has a family recipe, too, which that's what I find fascinating. Yeah. It's not just about these Michigan stands. It's like people have family recipes and, you know, and then people there's the there, there's the sweet version versus the spicy version. Uh, I think, Joe, you and I talked about this before. I firmly believe that whoever is your first kind of sets the standard of what you believe to be you know, kind of a, a Michigan sauce. Um, so, you know, I love all of them, but my first was Claire and Carl's. Uh, and I'm, you know, one of those people that on a yearly basis when they open, um, I'm usually right there in line, if not the first day, that first weekend, you know, waiting to get, um, you know, some sauce and usually get a quarter or so uh, at the end of the season so that I can have That's some cool. fixings over, over the winter too. And what kind of feedback has this gotten? It's gotten tons of feedback, and thanks to you folks and, and other folks in the media um, and tons of folks in the region. And through the power of social media and Twitter and, and Facebook and Instagram, um, we heard from the public that even though we had a kind of a limited 25 for those first you know, 25 participants who are selling the T-shirts at Town Hall right now, uh, we're going to do a new T-shirt each year. That's going to be one of the new features that we're going to do. And then uh, there's a couple other things that we've got in the works. My dream is I really want to see at least a one-day Michigan festival. Um, and there's a bunch of different things that I can imagine come from that. You know, some great music, some great food, but also imagine maybe some local restaurants doing their twist on the Michigan. Mm -hmm. So imagine Aleka's doing a twist on the Michigan as an example. So um, I think there's a lot there that we can do, um, and we can just add it to either the summer or fall fun here in the North Country and really just kind of uh, build on it. If you if if you are able to do this, like I would like to sign us up to be taste testers for for the judging purposes <laughs> yeah. of this. Well, I'll tell I'll tell you a funny story. Um, you know, Elf's Winery did a really great job a number of years ago, um, where they launched one, and it was it's really difficult to p put one of these things together because you got to meet you know the um, you know the the health department standards and things like that. Um, and nonetheless, I think they had like 25 or 27 uh, folks that participated in it. 
and uh, Meg Lefebvre and I were the judges, and actually Becky Casper was one, uh, too. And at the end of it, we had so much Michigan sauce, it was like we had uh, the, the uh, like a meat smoothie. Yeah. I mean, that's that's how much sauce we had consumed at the end of it. So it was like having a meat smoothie. So you were having the meat sweats. Uh, uh, it, yeah. yeah, it was it was pretty bad. And the way that I look at it, though, is we don't necessarily want the the Michigan stands here to compete against each other because I think people would get pretty tired of well is it McSweeney's or is it Gus's or Claire and Carl's or you know the local stuff but I think that there's things that we can do to celebrate you know the the vast Michigan stands in the North Country but also get locals into doing some of their home their homemade recipes and stuff like that so we'll see where it goes well it's it is interesting because and I think we mentioned this in our editorial where we talked about buffalo chicken wings yep Philly cheese steak yep. uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken um Plattsburgh could be known as the place for Michigans. Absolutely. You know, and uh, um, a number of years ago, actually, Pete DeMola had said, you know, you should try to convince folks when they come up to Plattsburgh as the politician, like going back to the Philly cheesesteak photo op, that every politician that's making the North Country, you know, um, you know, trail, they should have to eat in Michigan. We, we, <laughs> we had a semblance of that yeah. during the recent visit by Senator Schumer. Yeah. Um, Dan Stack, uh, this, this, his visit happened right after the Michigan yep. thing. Yep. Um, following the event, he said, invited me to... Uh, join him and his um, uh, assistant there yeah. at Claire and Carl's because he wanted to have a Michigan. Yeah. Mm. And, and Carl, uh, Carl Hasty has had uh, yes, he uh, has. one at Claire and <laughs> Carl's and, and Billy Jones. Um, yeah. But you know, I think I think it would be great as you know people come into the region. It's just it's one of those things that you do, um, and it's it's always funny to hear people go, "What the hell is a Michigan?" Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then you know introduce them to it and. Um, Fun fact: The first person that got uh, that completed the challenge and got the T-shirt and the bumper sticker, vegetarian. Really? Yep. Wow. <laughs> so they wanted to have a Michigan so bad they yep. went against the vegetarian. Yep. Thing. They basically <laughs> said once a year I, I have a Michigan, um, yeah. and when this cha- when this challenge came out, uh, I just had to do it. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, so T-shirts are still on sale. T-shirts are still on sale. So did you get more or? Yeah, we got we got just a small quantity. Uh, you know, we're we're not in a position, you know, to have a huge inventory and stuff like that. But we're selling them for fourteen dollars. Um, you know, that that's inclusive of the sales tax and so on and so forth. We're not making any profit off of it. Um, being a municipality, it's a little bit different. But as this, you know, grows over the course of the years, we hope that we can do something different. But uh, we do want to have. You know, each year it's a little bit, you know, different. And Mm -hmm. what we anticipate is next year we'll probably run a contest uh, and set some standards, you know, like a theme and, um, you know, what we're looking in for the T-shirt and then put it out there and people may be able to vote on it on social media and some stuff like that. For the record, how do you take yours? Buried. Buried with mustard. I told you. I have, I'm like the hot take guy here. I don't like hot dogs really, so I do a sauce burger, which with with onion, with onions though and mustard. Mm -hmm. Ben? Yep, same. Buried with mustard. Mm-hmm. Buried, yeah. Um, buried um, mustard's optional. Yeah. Which, you, oddly enough, I don't actually like mustard on just a plain hot dog, but the flavor combination of Michigan sauce yeah, with yeah. mustard. And, is, and hot sauce. Well, it's, it's interesting because... Hot sauce is, yeah. That's, I, that's I have celiacs, so um, I <laughs> often get uh, two dogs in a tray with the sauce and either go bunless 
or I will bring it home mm-hmm. and throw it in a in a gluten free bun. So <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. Now, do you judge me for my lack of hot dog liking? Um, I judge you for a lot of things. Really? <laughs> really? We've been on the episode for 10 minutes and we're already just taking shots at me. It's actually, yes, that our own editor-in-chief honestly kind of won up the town of Plast Park by prematurely declaring this year without the even year knowing of the, the year of the hot dog. This was back in January, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, you know, and, and I think that uh, it certainly is the year of the hot dog, but it's also, uh, once again, uh, year of the pizza, which I predicted. Uh, I'm all for it. You know, very, very easily. So, uh, but, um, yeah, okay. no. One more quick food topic, <laughs> sure. and then we move on. Well, to wait, some, one more, more thing about the Michigans real quick. Come on, Ben. <laughs> you're always interrupting. <laughs> yeah. We've been on for 12 minutes, and Ben has interrupted Joe twice. Yes. <laughs> oh, three times. Okay. <laughs> that I love the idea of the shirts having annual themes. Mm-hmm. In fact, there's, in my opinion, there's nothing more humble than seeing somebody wearing like a Winterfest 85 shirt or something like that. So I would love to see someday someone wearing a... Michigan Fest 2021 t-shirt that's all kind of worn down and like, wow, that was a good time. Yeah. It's like an, like an yeah. undershirt somebody yeah. wears while they're mowing the lawn. Yeah. Or yeah. Yeah. Well, it was funny. My, my wife has a t-shirt from um, the Lake Placid Olympics oh, that nice. was kicking around at the college years and years ago, like when we were doing some volunteering at one of the agencies or whatever, and they were like, oh, we have these bag of t-shirts that we never used, and it was like an original, and, you know, she still rocks it. So, yeah, yeah but awesome. it's, it's some of that cool stuff. Yeah. Um, so, speaking of food specialties, yeah. um, the supervisor has mentioned his celiacs, which means, so when it comes to ice cream, he is a big Dole Whip fan. Yeah, which uh, I've learned a little bit about. And we talked about this. Yes, and and which I have gone on the record as saying, sounds kind of hipster. Well, today in the briefing, we met, I mentioned that... Mr. Cashman would be on the yeah. show today, and Ben made a, a funny bug. Yeah, we'll get some Dole Whip. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> so just about, I don't know, half an hour ago, I had to run an errand, and I happened to be by Iceberg Creamery. Yeah. So I'm like, ah, it's a nice day. So I snuck in and got myself a Dole Whip. And as I get my ice cream and I'm talking back to my car, guess who pulls in the parking lot? <laughs> <laughs> what was that? are you doing here? Mr. Ben Rowe. <laughs> I, it's, it's where I'm going after this, actually. <laughs> Claims he was doing research. <laughs> oh, research. <laughs> on the Dole Whip yeah. portion of this yes. episode. Okay. And I will say that I have had my first Dole Whip. And it's good. Yeah. It's really it is good. good. I get it all the time. The texture is really, really nice. Yeah. <laughs> I still haven't partaken in the Dole Whip. I have to be honest. It's but I lear- I've learned what it is now, at least. Because I didn't even know what it was. I thought it was something to do with, you know, like, I don't know, some fruit or something like that. I wasn't quite sure. But well, the texture is somewhere between soft serve and um, hard serve. It's kind of like frozen yogurt in a way, but mm-hmm. not even quite that. So yeah, and it, was... and, it, and it has a Disney connection. That's Ooh. that's what most people don't realize. That's is... what that's what when people said it to me in the like mentioned it when I was doing the sports food madness stuff. Yep. Somebody, oh no, the ice cream the ice cream bracket that mm-hmm. I did. Somebody said like I want Dole Whip, but it has to be from Disney World or something like that. And I was like, what? And I'm, now it makes a little okay, more sense. Yeah, not, this is new to me. So so Disney helped to really jumpstart the the um, the craze, the the cult like following. <laughs> 
of of Dole Whip, you know. So uh, a couple months ago, or is it months ago or a little while back ago, my wife and I went down to, to Disney World, and it was like I went to the mothership of of Dole, you know, and made sure to get you know that's a place that we always go and, and get some. And the original Dole Whip was Dole pineapple. That was the original flavor. So if you want original Dole Whip, you want to get your pineapple flavoring. Now they have a whole wide variety of them, and the best flavored one in my opinion is the salted caramel yes it, it's just it's fantastic uh and but now they have i mean they have cherry and they've got birthday cake and they've got watermelon which to me actually tastes like you know the um the really cheap bubble gum, bubble gum yes. you know it tastes more like bu- the bubble gum than watermelon <laughs> in a in good way or a- yeah in a good way but, but like it, to me it's like it's just inappropriately named you know what i mean it's just like this isn't watermelon it's They're a good frogs. flavor it's a yeah yeah it's, it's frog- very fraudulent <laughs> so um, but yeah, I, I'm a, I'm a huge Dole Whip fan, and many times, you know, because Ice Creek uh, Iceberg Creamery is really close to where I work, you can often find me there during the uh, the summer months, enjoying my lunch there. So that or is, after so, a town board meeting. So that answers my confusion then about why I thought it had something to do with fruit, because the original flavor was pineapple. Yep, that and made, made so by the dull fruit. by the Dole. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. okay. So yeah. I, I was on the right track then. Yep. I was on the right track. Also, okay. as a note, is the fact that the very nice lady at Iceberg said, "All right, so you know what size we'd like," and I'm like, "Well, small's got to be a little. I'll take a medium." You didn't they, just get a large. And when they brought that, the medium. <laughs> It's like a, it's I, a pretty I got a large. Yeah. Big mistake. <laughs> the thing was huge. And as so. I was walking by, at least three people said, look at the size of that. <laughs> so as a note to listeners. Yeah, it was kind of they're like, big. one of the hide. Yeah. No, it's 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 You're delicious. You're judged for your dole. Yes. Joe just hides behind his tower room of ice cream. And what I and what I what I appreciate about it is I go there enough uh, during, you know, the the summer and, and fall months when they're open that by the time I get to the window, they they you they know, know. Uh, yeah they know they know cash <laughs> yeah coming. yeah and yeah. Uh, it's kind of it's kind of like my coffee in the morning. There's there's two vices that I have. One is coffee, and the other is dole. That's so a good vice. so when <laughs> you sh- when you pull in there, they they start running. They they know they're oh, yeah. ready. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's that. That's when you know you've made it. Uh, absolutely. When they rush you, uh, absolutely. That's when, when you know you. that you. Wait a minute. Wait. Did you tell me that they were going to name a flavor after you? No. I I, I think it would be hilarious. I, <laughs> you know. You know. So for some people, they want like roads and buildings named after you. You know. I just, yes. I want the supervisor special. What would you? you know? What would the What would the flavor be if if something was named Cashman's Crumble. Oh, I like right. it. You know, so it's 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 already the flavor, but just you know, I, I wouldn't just mind. I wouldn't mind being associated with the with the the salted caramel. I think it'd be tremendous. I'd be okay with that. I think that'd be awesome. I think that'd be awesome. <laughs> so he's giving this some thought. Yeah. Oh, you can definitely tell. This is an am- this is an amateur hour here. We we're, this is intense Dole Whip conversation. Yeah, seconds on the lips, yours on the hips, but I'm okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Does your wife like it too? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. I I usually go for the uh, the they. They're really good about having gluten-free cones, so I usually go for the gluten-free cones. And uh, or you get it in a dish. Yeah, right? but she now, usually goes for I saw for the dish. menu that they also have um, pup cups, as it were. Mm-hmm. Is your are your pups a fan of doggy ice cream? Yes. Kind of yeah, we'll get them uh, from time to time. Mm-hmm. I uh, saw that. Yeah. Uh, yes, a couple uh, last week or so. There was a lady with two 
nice, beautiful huskies. Yeah. And she got two <laughs> pup cups for the dogs. They That's loved awesome. it. They loved it. I could see the dogs just scarfing. <laughs> yeah, one of so we have three dogs. So we have a golden retriever named Valcor, and then we have two beagles, uh, Joe and Jackson. And Jackson will just mouth mug you though. Like so <laughs> you got you got to be somewhat careful to be like have an ice cream with him because he'll just get right in there. I'll be like, no, I don't care if it's in your mouth so or you not. Name one of your, you name one of your dogs after Joe. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and you too. Yeah. You yeah, too. yeah. Oh, can't go wrong. It's a, it's a perfect name. There's so, it's, it's a very versatile name. It's a very versatile name. No but, doubt. Now, here's a segue. It's the fact that we certainly hope soon that our Canadian neighbors will be able to come down and partake of the, the Dole Whip. But mm-hmm. that seems a little up in the air right now. It is up in the air. It's infuriating, actually. Yes. Uh, to recap quickly, um, uh, Canada came out and said that Canadians will be allowed to come down here starting August 9th. Or no. You got that backwards. We're going to be able to go up there. Canadians are not going to be able to Excuse me. U.S. citizens can go into Canada August 9th. And unfortunately, the U.S. has decided to keep the border closed till at least August 21st. Now, the town of Plattsburgh is situated where you are greatly impacted by uh, Canadian visitors Mm -hmm. uh, in many ways, not Mm -hmm. just economically. Um, it has to be somewhat frustrating, isn't it? Oh, it's infuriating. I mean, I, for the the very first month that this was all unfolding, um, you know, I, I started advocating for that we need a plan. Plans can be recalibrated, right? But without a plan, you know, eventually it's just going to collide into this sheer chaos. And here we are. You know, um, we should have had dashboards and metrics to understand what the expectations were on the Canadian side and the U.S. side. Um, and there should have been a bilateral group of, uh, of folks. And I would have hoped that border communities would have been involved in that as well. And I'm not just speaking for Plattsburgh in the North Country. People have to remember there's approximately like 5,300 miles of border. So border communities all along the U.S. and Canadian border are being impacted. They're being impacted financially. They're being impacted culturally because, uh, you know, our communities are, are infused and, you know, like glove in hand. Um, and, and, and it's just, it's really sad, you know, and you can see the impact talking to people like in the marinas and, and the restaurants and you can go to the mall and, you know, all, all various locations. But um, I would dare say I know as many people that go up to Canada that, you know, Canadians come down here and all you had to do is stand in a parking lot uh, before COVID and you would see a sea of Canadian license plates. That doesn't occur now. It's um, I, And I, I'm really worrisome that, you know, we can get even to August 21st and now that we're seeing, you know, the increase of the, vari- the Delta variant and, you know, w- w- what will that do? And, um, you know, not only is, is it the longest border closing between the U.S. and Canada, um, just the the ongoing reverberations that is it's causing, um, I don't think we're going to completely be able to grasp until probably years later because things continue to kind of play out, right? They kind of just continue to ripple through yeah. um, systems. Um, I heard people, some people saying that uh, life will probably forever be changed yeah. because of this COVID in so many ways. Um, obviously, it has a big impact, Um um, many areas. What would you say is the largest impact we've seen here in the last year and a half? I mean, you, you mentioned the mall, sorry. Yeah. And I hear a lot of people say that it's like a ghost town. I, I would say um, 
from my advantage point, you know, I've seen it in a, in a couple different pockets, um, and I think it's been equally devastating. Uh, one is um, there's a lot of people that have family on both sides of the borders, right. for example. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that part, not being able to uh, see family members, you know, so close but yet so far away. Uh, then there's things like the, you know, the commerce part of it, you know, the, the mall, um, you know, think of the way uh, that the mall spells center, right? <laughs> you know, it's like a very, very Canadian, you know, French Canadian focused. Um, our water tower, right? It, you know, has welcome in renew to Canadians. We, we have a relationship with, with Canada. Um, but I would also say um, the Plattsburgh region has been on this really, really, really strong international trajectory uh, because people know that um, a lot of Canadian businesses want to be down here and have their North American headquarters or, or have some type of footprint here. People have not been able to get down here and do the same type of business. Um, I think we've been able to get through some of that, but Zoom only goes so far, right? You, you need... CEOs and CFOs and, and and management teams to be able to be on site uh, to to see and feel you know um, what they're looking to do. Um, so there there's a lot going on, and I don't think there's one single thing, but it's definitely going to collide. You mentioned just trying to have that interaction, and one thing that I was just thinking about was a couple weeks ago when we had the Mayor's Cup Regatta, uh, the coordinator Jell Dolan. He was talking about how to make sure the Canadians, when they are able to come back and participate in the race, they're welcomed back mm-hmm. and they, they, they're made to feel like they belong. And I'm sure that's the same type of concept that you have, as well as a lot of other people in positions like yourself, to make sure not only that they know they can come down, but they also feel that they're welcomed. And in that sense, what do you think you can do once the borders are open and everybody can come down? to be able to make them feel welcome and make them feel like, hey, this is a place where you can be, feel comfortable, spend money, and have a good time. Sure. So uh, first of all, uh, Gary Douglas and his team uh, need to be applauded. They've been phenomenal in in so many ways um, helping us see our way through uh, COVID-19. But they've already been engaged in some ways to uh, welcome and and celebrate our our Canadian uh, friends uh, back. But I think it's incumbent upon all of us uh, to be be thankful, you know, and and to engage people in a respectful manner. Um, you know, having been here for twenty years or so, um, I, I compare it to being in Massachusetts. We used to pick on folks from Rhode Island. It was like, oh, the, you know, the folks from Rhode Island. You know what I mean? <laughs> like wherever you live, you kind of you know kind of rib people a little bit. Sure. I, I'm hoping that people here will gain a deeper respect and appreciation there there is respect and appreciation but i think it um absent makes the heart grow fonder um one of the things that i personally used to do a lot is it wasn't just canadians if it was someone that had a different license plate sometimes you'd see like you know the folk from maine or california you're like some you know really far place i'd often just approach them and say hey you know just want to welcome you into the community and also ask, hey, what brings you here? Yeah. Because that's helpful for folks in my position and, and people in the area too. It's like, well, are you coming for the lake? Are you coming to visit family? You know, uh, you know, it, it just, I, and I think that's, that makes it a welcoming, you know, location. Uh, getting to, getting to eat in local restaurants, I think is part of the reason that people often visit locations as well. So being open to, Kind of sharing your story and your perspective with people in a friendly manner goes a long way. Cesse yeah. la plage. Yep. Um, Bless you. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that means the beach. <laughs> uh, well, we could have free Michigans and Dole for all Canadians. When come <laughs> Welcome them back. Bold marketing <laughs> strategy. Um, but I guess hyper focused too. <laughs> yeah. But they, it, August twenty first. Unfortunately, that's pretty much the end of summer. Yeah. So we missed another summer. Um, uh, how much does that hurt? Oh, it, it's 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 devastating. I mean, there there are a lot of businesses that begin to get into the black uh, during during very specific months, and yet. County sales tax is doing remarkably well. Yeah, and that's part that's part of the gas prices. I mean, I, I think people need to be reminded of that. Is you know, sales tax is directly associated with a number of things, um, but you know, as as gas prices go up, there's other you know costs and factors that are are occurring, you know, in in government systems as well. Um, so we'll see what happens. I'm very hopeful. That when the border does open, that there will be such a pent up interest and demand that we'll see some really, really good things occur, even though it's past the summer. Um, and let's be honest, we're a four season location. We mm-hmm. really are. Mm-hmm. The summer, by far, is probably one of the most enjoyable for the majority of people because you know it's it's not you know the colder months. But we're still going into the fall. You can see the fall. Yeah, here. beautiful times to you know leaf peeping and yeah. and you know go apple picking yeah. and, and all that stuff. And it's um, comfortable out too. There's not as much heat and exactly. things like that. So you can definitely sell yeah. the fall. But but the problem though is uh, there is a uh, there are pockets of our community that are very dependent on um, you know those summer months and it and it's it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. Well, and I guess you had mentioned at the beginning your frustration at kind of the lack of a plan at the start of all this. And I know that in one of our recent articles, we talked about the fact that the whole way the month-by-month, oh, foreclosed, oh, foreclosed, oh, foreclosed, it kind of makes, a, I think for a lot of people, a perception of like a black box of government where, why? Well, we don't really say. It's just kicking the can down the road. And as a you know, legislator and that kind of thing, is that what's your thought about what that does to the trust of people in the government in making these kind of decisions? Kind of the lack of transparency? Yeah, so one one thought that I have about that, and, and I don't want to finger wag too much because you can get caught up in the, you know, whose, whose fault is it? There was no plan from the beginning. And I think there has to be a recognition is without a plan from the very beginning, okay, that can get recalibrated is you're constantly chasing uh, the issue. So that's that's kind of what happened. And, you know, um, this was partly the fault of the Trump administration. This is partly the, the fault of the Biden administration. It's partly, you know, the fault of Trudeau's administration. I mean, there's lots and lots of different factors in it. And to me... I don't want to finger wag. I want to see a solution. And that's what you need to have is some really honest conversations. I still have not heard of what are the dashboard expectations. Yeah, and I think that's <laughs> that's the big question, especially now going forward with the variance and the changing numbers. Mm-hmm. That could change the whole thing. Um, Lord knows how long this yeah. could go on. Um, but hopefully um, things will be resolved sooner rather than later. Um, one other big 
item or season that's coming up is fair season. It is. Clinton County Fair is next, next week. week. Yep. That's in the town of Plattsburgh. It is. You looking forward to that? I, I, I love um, the county fair. I, I love fairs in general. Because you're a politician. No, I've, I've, <laughs> I've just, I love uh, those types of activities uh, in particular too. So growing up, I grew up in uh, a different community that was very focused on agriculture. I grew up in the in the home of Ocean Spray, Ocean Spray Cranberries. Yes. So I've always been very fascinated with agriculture. You know, obviously cranberries and cows are different things, but you know, I personally love going through the 4-H barns and seeing the kids show their animals and, and the amount of pride that they take in this. Um, and so there's an element of that, but there is something very kind of special about county fairs because it's it's all parts of the crust of the community show up right and um i think you know the, from the fair food we can, you can talk about you know elements of the fair food you can talk about the rides you can talk about the exhibits there's just like this the music this yeah. uh, the music there's just so much going on in this kind of short little stint of time that it's fascinating and, and pe just people watching and, and sometimes you know you can go there and it may be the only time that you bump into a certain group of people too and it's like old homestay and i just think it's a lot of fun it's structured chaos oh yeah absolutely That's what it is <laughs> and absolutely. even from your your description there it makes me think is that also in a world where young people all kinds of people are on these these and pointing at my phone all day it seems as though there's still stuff about the fair that encourages you to just put your phone down be embraced just looking around <laughs> it would be very impressive to see ben Rowe at the fair because i'll tell you this and i'm doing this whenever he walks around in the office his phone is in his hand and usually it's oh, looking no. at his face and, and i my, say that yeah. because yes it's the fact that you know um i grew up on a farm and so um i appreciate yeah it's just that there's something Something just cozy about walking around the animal barns. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's oh, it's nice cool. It's... It is. It's very cool. I mean, yeah. those kids do amazing from 4-H, I think it is. Yeah. They do an amazing job. Yeah. Uh, a couple of years ago, um, there, there was there was a there was a gap uh, in the in the Dairy Princess program, and we actually had one of the uh, the young woman uh, that helped to kind of reengage that program. Um, we were doing a, a thing where we were having someone come to our town board meeting to lead um, us in the Pledge of Allegiance. And she came, and then she also gave like a, a talk about the Dairy Princess program, and and that's a really amazing program because it's really an ambassador program for you know the dairy industry and the amount of pride and the amount of work that they put into this, and you know showing their cattle and and stuff. Um, it, it's it, it's it's pretty amazing, and you know cows are not the only animals too, right? I think a lot of times we we think of that, but there's a whole oh, yeah. level of of animals. Horses, goats, pigs, yeah. rabbits. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's yeah. your favorite what's your favorite ride at the fair? What's your go-to? Um my favorite ride, but I don't think they've I don't think they've had it here for a while that I can remember is the one where the floor drops. Oh yes. wow! Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's, so that's a trippy one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, th I you know the, the I remember being really young, uh, going on that, and uh, it, I went the first time I went on that ride was in a fair up in New Hampshire. It was like a, and I was pretty young, 
And there, there's something special to that when that floor <laughs> drops the so first time and you're like, like little, woo! That's like a little bit of nostalgia, too. Yeah. Nostalgia, too, because yeah. that's something you remember from your childhood, too. And I think that's a big thing about fairs is yeah. you go to something and it, and it brings you back to maybe a different time that, you know, it's maybe a little happier, maybe a little bit less stressful. And I think all that combined, that's that's kind of an appeal to the yeah. fair as well. Now, it's funny because I grew up in Rochester, New York. Yeah. And the Monroe County Fair was not a big deal, yeah. for at least for me and my family and my friends. The only time we ever went, I was about 12 or 13, and we went just to see the Demolition Derby. Okay. Now, yeah. that was cool. Yeah. That's very Rochester. <laughs> see, and, you know, Olivia and I had this, this whole um, thing planned last year. We were going to go camping um, in a bunch of different locations around the state, and then obviously COVID hit. And um, I've never been to the State Fair, New York State Fair, which ha- is on my kind of um, bucket list. And, uh, you know, we decided not to go this year just to kind of allow for things to kind of get through the system and stuff. But... Again, whether it's county fair, state fairs, it's there's a sense of nostalgic, and, yeah. and 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 the food, you know what I mean? Like you know, from cotton candy to you know eating the hot dogs fried or, dough. or fried dough and fried, you know, fried oh dough. yeah. Now, see, my go-to is always yeah. um, sausage, peppers, and onions. Sausage, mm. peppers, yeah. yeah. That's a hard. That, that's a man's meal right there. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 the and, and that's one of those things. And all those foods, if you eat them at home or something, it's just not the same. Yeah. You're gonna eat them at that's a fair. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you get like the fried Twinkie. Everything's fried. Oh yeah. Well, in Texas, I believe is the one that kicked off um, a thing where every year they hold a contest. I believe it's still true where um, it was a competition to basically come up with like what could you fry next? And that's where like the Oreo cookie, the the Twinkie, the peanut butter cup. But the year that blew everybody away was fried Coca-Cola. Oh. And people were like, well, how do you fry Coca-Cola? Well, Coca-Cola is actually the syrup and they were, they would like drop the syrup in 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 the fryer and it would puff up Oh. Almost like really? you know, like a, like, a like, like a funnel cake type yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. All right, so that's pretty cool. We're gonna need that at the fair this year. Yeah. Make, that, make that happen. Well, has there been a fried Michigan before? Ooh, there we go. There we go. I feel like people, out there. I, I feel I, I I feel that people could probably play a drinking game now to see how many times we mention the word Michigan on this episode. Um, I I just wanted to mention too about the fair, as far as foods as far as rides as far as everything like that it coming back this year you know i'm sure there's a sense you know some people joe joe mentioned and and you mentioned too to a certain extent about going to the syracuse fair maybe letting things kind of settle through a little bit but for people who might be a little bit concerned as far as covid still and things like that still probably a way to enjoy it maybe maybe just being a little bit more careful right absolutely and 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 i'm still one of those folks that's been beating the drum Please get vaccinated. Yeah. Please, 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 please get vaccinated. And if you choose not to, and I know that people have um, a, a variety of reasons not to get vaccinated. And I have, I have, a, I have a dear friend, uh, has some health-related things, and he said, you know, I'm not going to get vaccinated, but you know something? You can count on me to wear a mask. Mm-hmm. So that that's the thing, too, is if you don't get vaccinated, please wear your mask because we're all part of this community and we all have a moral and ethical responsibility to uh, to one another, you know, um, and, and I've always found that that's a value of the North Country. Uh, you know, I wasn't here for the ice storm, but I've heard multiple stories. You know, there's been other experiences like, you know, the Sandy and Irene hurricanes and stuff like we rally together. 
Um, I see this as an extension of that rallying together. So if you're not going to get vaccinated, please wear a mask. Um, but you know, I've been vaccinated, and, and that anybody that can um, or it's available to lean in and get vaccinated because that's how we're really going to truly get through this. Yeah, um, we couldn't agree with you more on that. Um, and it's funny to think last year, this time of year at the fairgrounds, they were showing outdoor movies. I was so. about to say that I'll be nostalgic for that. Is that yeah, I had a good time at that. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, will we see Michael Cash? been flipping burgers at the town of Plattsburgh Democratic Party booth at the fair. Uh, you, One of the more popular food booths, I might add. Yes, uh, the the local committee does have a, uh, a food booth right next to the grandstand. Yes, it is. Uh, and we make uh, uh, hand-cut French fries, which are quite popular, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, there'll be Michigans and, and other uh, food there. Yes, I'll be working there on Tuesday. I uh, look forward to it. Not too far down from the Alley Out booth. Yeah. which usually sells chicken wings at the fair. And the Ali Out chicken wings are really good. Interesting. But with the chicken wing crisis this year, mm, right? It'll be interesting to see if we can get them. Yeah. yeah. So are, do you prefer the drums or the flats? Flats. Mm-hmm. I'm flats torn. I mean, it's really close for me. I could go either way. I'm drums. Sam flats. Yeah, flats. I like the flats. I like them too. I think there's more you can do. There's yeah. just more. There's just more yeah. sustenance. The to drums it. are just so well designed. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I guess. Now I have. I haven't heard it put that way. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question that's kind of the elephant in the room. If yeah. we might, if I don't know if anybody was going to bring it up. I mean, maybe you guys are being cowards about this, but mini golf. Yeah. In Plattsburgh. Oh, yeah. Yes. yeah, you guys are being cowards about it. You no, I just forgot. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, it's, so, it's trending on Twitter right now. Yes, I have created a hashtag, bring mini golf to Plattsburgh. Yeah. And this all started a couple weeks ago when you and your wife were mini golfing. Yeah. And you kind of mentioned on Twitter a little bit that it would be nice to maybe see mini golf back in Plattsburgh. I, I absolutely agree. <laughs> and I will tell you that uh, I have been uh, putting around with the idea for a bit. And, uh, Puns again. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, they're, they're not good jokes, but I read them myself. <laughs> Um, but no, there's a, there's a couple of things that I would dare say are hopefully in the works. Cool. Um, there, I'm, I'm pursuing a couple of different avenues. Um, personally, I've reached out to a number of folks that are in that market mm-hmm. that have have done some things, and then also locally as a municipality. Um, you know, I've I've been advocating for if we can't jumpstart something by getting a company to come in, um, maybe to do you know a nine hole versus an eighteen hole, uh, something that you know could be an amenity at one of our parks or something like that, like make courier. I, I would love to see um, you know a, a feature um, there is um you know a, a, a mini pot place um at one of the hotels right now unfortunately it's been you know sh- shuttered um but maybe that there there could be some different opportunities to see that you know yeah. come about come back yeah so. and i think that would be pretty cool and i we were we talked about it a bunch on the episode last week i mean that's just one of those things that anybody can go Anybody has a lot of fun, and hey, it's another appeal. Maybe yeah. you get Canadians come down and play mini golf. And Maybe su- you could have an international challenge. Yes, <laughs> yes, and surprisingly enough, uh, you do not need a lot of land uh, for oh, a, a, yeah. a, a mini putt. Oh, can be cut back. Um, you know, so. That's why there, there's a couple of things that uh, I'm trying to uh, encourage and entice some people maybe to, to get into the market. And then uh, if we can't maybe get that moving forward, um, explore some different avenues, you know. And heck, honestly, you know, I think it would be great to have more than one. 
I mean, you you go to some you know communities and they have that one uh, putt putt place that's <laughs> yeah. got like the the windmill and stuff. Mm-hmm. But you get on the Cape and some of the communities have two or three. Yeah, you mm-hmm. know. Um, yeah. So I think that'd be okay. And and now that makes me think because the the last one we had was at the old Ponderosa site, which is now the Uno site, mm-hmm. which is a vacant restaurant, Friendly's vacant restaurant, Ground Round, maybe a few others. All in the town of Plattsburgh. Uh, we've talked about this before, yep. but any updates on some of those properties? Yeah, people people are definitely looking. Um, uh, fun fact uh, for, for you folks uh, that I always like to share is from getting off of exit 37 down through Consumer Square is busier than Wolf Road in Albany. Um, wow. And, and the reason I share that is a lot of times people think of us here in the North Country as this like slumber little community. We are not. I mean, that we we are right in the dead center of you know all the activity in the county and in the larger North Country region. Um, people look at the properties in the town of Plattsburgh regularly, and in fact, um, the before <laughs> just a short time before um, Runnings uh, took the jump at the old Kmart building, um, I met somebody. Um, that was with Trader Joe's that was looking at our region. So, I mean, we, we're scouted pretty regularly. Um, traffic count drives a lot of that. Um, those buildings, for the most part, are, are pretty good. They have some really good bones, too. Yeah. Um, the biggest thing that we're hearing right now is, again, with the pandemic, um, because we're not done with it, right, is it, it's really tough to run a restaurant yes. in the original the, because it, you weren't at 100% staffing. And then right now, people are having a really tough time even getting people to fill out their full uh, employee rosters. Sure. So um, I do believe people will be jumping on those properties sooner rather than later. Some of the names that I'm hearing are very exciting. I think they'll, they'll go very well. Such as <laughs> some of the things that people talk about often. You can fill in the blanks. In conversations in and around this office and elsewhere, um, I can tell you I've heard Red Robin, Olive Garden, um, Cracker Barrel. Um, those are three names I've heard floated around. I'm a big um, proponent of Olive Garden. Yeah. Some of those may proponent. be in the mix, and there may be a couple others. Look so, at that, Red Robin Yum. Yeah, yeah. No, and and, and I think that's uh, <laughs> that's you know the the exciting part of it is you know there's there's been some uh, places that people have wanted for a while that continue to you know look at our region. I use Coles as an example. Everybody's like, oh, we're never going to get Coles. We want a Coles. We're never going to get Coles. Well, we got a Coles. I mean, Plattsburgh continues to. Um, you know, to, to, to elevate, um, you know, we have a lot of opportunity that, again, is driven back to one of the other things that we talked about is our Canadian market, too, yeah, right? Absolutely. So um, we benefit from being so close to Canada, knowing that we're going to bring in a share of the, the Canadians as well. Um, so when the border starts to reopen and, and, and you know, um, we get a better sense of where our numbers are and, and um, employment um, stabilizes a little bit, I think you're going to start people um, pulling the trigger and, and start 
you know, taking advantage of some of those things. Okay. Uh, one last quick question before we're about ready to wrap up anyways. I, well, I have I have the fun, like, quick hit and run questions afterward, too. He's not going to escape without answering a couple of fun oh, okay, good. Yeah. But it, the the information for the 2020 census should be coming out mm-hmm. soon. Can we expect the town of Plattsburgh to see a gain or increase or decrease in population? I would believe that we gained, um, but I... I'm I'm a little bit wary of how that all just unfolded. To be, you know, very truthful, it's you know, to do and, a census and, in a right. So, so the census that you know itself, I don't think, is going to be completely accurate to the, what we would have expected if it was done in a more traditional means. I mean, truth of the matter is, we have a housing crisis here in in the North Country, and we have seen. Uh, in the town of Plattsburgh over the last, since I've been in office, about six years or so, we've seen a lot of housing development. And as soon as it's on the market, people gobble it up. So to me, it's like, well, that by itself is an indication that our numbers are going to go up because more people are in the municipality based upon the fact that there's new homes and people are moving into those new, you know, those new homes. Um you know, then you've got things like Atlas Heights, you've got Northwoods coming, um, and, and then a, a number of other things. But sadly, I don't know if the census is going to truly reflect the numbers and where we have seen some melt in some of the other areas of the county. Are there benefits to having more population, higher numbers, or is it a detraction? Um, it's more services you've got to provide. Yes and no. I, you know, I, I think that there's, I think there's a lot of benefits. Um, people tend to want to, li- you know, live, work, and play uh, in in kind of kind of the same area. You know, people want to be close enough to work, right, where they're not making long commutes. Uh, people want to be able to have a good quality of life, so they still want to have some space in between them, right? They don't want to be on top of each other. Um, but the numbers also provide us the opportunity when we're applying for a number of grants. You know, that's often one of the questions is like, you know, what does your population look like? You know, how is it supported? You know, what is the uh, we went for a bond rating, you know, fairly recently. Um, it, these are all those questions that get tied into the larger conversation of things. So it's certainly um important to recognize that you got to get your finger on the pulse of that to the best of your ability. The census is only one way to do it, though. What is the town population? It's about 12,000. 12,000. Yeah. The city's about yeah. 20,000. Yeah, thereabouts. Okay. Yeah. And the county's about 80,000. Yep. Okay, so we talked about this before, too, I think. Everybody says, oh, Glens Falls is much bigger. It's actually not. Mm-hmm. Warren County is much bigger. It's mm-hmm. actually not. Mm-hmm. But... You throw in Queensbury mm-hmm. and Glens Falls, yeah. and we're roughly kind of the same. Yeah, I, I, yeah and again, it, to me it's always fascinating because um, let's take Plattsburgh based by zip code, too. Part of our zip code is actually in Beekmantown. Right. <laughs> right. Part of our zip code is, in, you know, all these different, lo- you know, I sure that is kind of a just a, a goofy thing. But also people have a, if you're a visitor Plattsburgh is one place. When you live here, Plattsburgh is a different thing. Um, So same thing goes for the Capital District area. Same thing goes for Lake George. Depending on where you live and whether whether you live there or whether you're a visitor, you kind of look at those numbers, I think, a little bit differently as well. Um, You know, so... um, 
to me, I think we tend to have three identities: the Greater Plattsburgh region, the north, you know, the the North Country, and the Adirondack Coast. Um, personally, I hate upstate. I think it's a, a trash We're phrase. Well, I just think it's a trash phrase, anyways. Um, it's misleading. It, it is yeah. because there there really it, it isn't anchored in, in anything, and I think mm-hmm. it I think it bastardizes anybody's true. Uh, regional identity way too much. Technically speaking, you could say if we're going up to Champlain, we're going upstate. And I feel like that's the weird thing that people have in mind. And it triggers a lot of people, though, too. It can get really, like, people like, no, this is not upstate. Like, that's a legitimate thing that I feel like people don't seem to realize when they say it. It really aggravates people. Um, All right. Well, thank you very much. We can get to your quick hitters. I will say (laughs) the next time we have the supervisor on, Hopefully we can talk more about the history of the region and the amazing project you guys have going on. I'll, I'll, always happy to, to talk about that in particular. And, and, and thanks for your coverage on the Battlefield Memorial Gateway. So uh, if, if uh, just a teaser, if anybody's listening, Google Battlefield Memorial Gateway and learn a little bit more about it. But look forward to chatting with you about it another, uh, again some other time. Ben Rowe? Very good. Yes, Joe LaTemplio has cut me off. I could go all day with <laughs> Mr. Cashman. But yes, hopefully you will return for another episode. Absolutely. So. Are you ready for the quick hitters? Sure. Okay. Ready? Okay, first one. If you were not town supervisor, what would your what would your job be? What what would you what what is your dream job if you were not what you're doing right now? Um I loved my job at the college. You know, uh, it just happened uh, that you know, this Challenge and opportunity kind of presented itself, so I'd probably still be at SUNY Plattsburgh. Dream car. Dream car? Yeah. Um, probably a Mustang of some, of some like sort. It. Okay. Favorite color? Green. Why? Cashman. Okay. I like that. And, and, well, that, that, that I'm Irish. You know, it just, it kind of, it kind of, uh, you just put them together. Favorite midnight snack? Hmm. Uh... Well, the Dole Whip stand is closed, <laughs> so <laughs> yes. uh, probably cheese. Cheese? Cabbage cheese. Okay. Oh, okay. I like that. Yeah. Okay. Cabbage cheese. If you were to work at the Presser Pumpkin, yeah. what, would your, what, would, what would you like your role to be? Um, I, I, I'd want to bring back, like, you know, the crime section. Like, okay. I'd, I'd want to, I'd like... Cops s- reporter. Yeah, the sleuthing, yeah. If you were to be a sports reporter... Yeah. What sport would just be your go-to sport to cover? Hockey. Hockey. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gro- growing up in Massachusetts, uh, we you were either a baseball kid or you were a hockey kid. Yep. Uh, I was a hockey kid. Okay. So yeah, and and that's why the only thing that frustrates me about living up in this region is all of the the Montreal Canadian fans. <laughs> I I am a Boston Bruins fan. Me it's, too. It's uh, so you must have been very frustrated when my, <laughs> my when my Islanders knocked you guys out. Um, you know, as I say, though, it, I don't care who knocks who out. Only one person sips from the cup. Yeah, that's true. So, that's and true. unless unless you've got the cup, I, I don't care. There we go. That works. You know, he's Bergy. We were talking about <laughs> yeah. that. Okay, we'll break off from the quick hitters real quick. Ber- uh, okay, so the whole thing with Bergy. I mean, this is very fascinating. So you were, and you you, you told me before we came on, you were yep. the last skating Bergy. I, I believe so, or one of the one of the last skating. Yeah. Ones, so know. I mean, just go ahead and tell us a little bit about what the experience of being Bergy is like at a Plattsburgh State hockey game back in the day, no less, where people yes. don't understand. Back in the day, Plattsburgh State hockey compared to now, that's a raucous environment when you're leading the team. Out. Oh yeah, you won a national championship. Yeah, absolutely. You were an undergrad, right? 
Yeah, I was the. Uh, it was a period of. It was crazy. I mean, um, actually, kudos to you for doing such a wonderful uh, profile on Coach uh, Chris Dory. Um, when he was the sports and information director, he hired me uh, as part of uh, the elite um, society <laughs> that go. supports Bergie. Because no one, no one is Bergie, right? Everyone yeah. just supports Bergie. But uh, um, it was during the time period where. They still had the ATV uh, the, that went out on the ice in between periods, and uh, you led the team on, and there was the light show. I mean, it was crazy. And yeah. it was the original Bergie. Um, I have some real serious issues with the with the, the new yes, the uh, scary yeah, hipster <laughs> hipster version. Wait, is, uh, is, is there a hipster Bergie? Wait, is there another Bergie? As I remember they, that back yeah, in, they remodeled it in like 2017. I yeah. Oh, yeah, goodness, yeah. I remember the one right before that in like 2013 or something, and that one was like me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I I believe Colonel Red, and and I truly believe that the original Bergie set SUNY Plattsburgh apart from any other, you know, college or university. Like, there there or professional organizations and stuff like that. There's other Cardinals, but there is only one Bergie. And, um, and I, I was the student association president um, years ago, and we actually had one of the original Bergie um, murals in mm-hmm. our office, like the old school version and stuff like that. Yeah, and uh, even some of those are gone from the well, campus. Well, then, real quick, is that I do have to slip in my last question if we're going in this direction, <laughs> is the fact that I knew, I didn't grow up or go to college knowing town supervisor Michael Cashman. I went to St. Plattsburgh knowing Cashman, the guy who emceed like everything. Mr. Yes. Yes. College. Yeah. Yes, and I was just wondering, how did you... Had you always enjoyed like getting up on stage? Is you're very good at it, but I'm like, oh gosh, I go to this talent show, there he is. I go yeah. to this concert, there he is. Yeah. How so did that come about? my getting into um, when I first started at SUNY Plattsburgh, I started in the TV broadcasting um, department, and I transitioned over to public relations and marketing, and then stayed for my master's in, in counseling and. Um, you know, like I'm very introverted, so it was really hard to <laughs> encourage me to. No, I, you know, jokingly, I think part of it was the fun. A lot of times when I worked with student groups, they, I wanted students to have a part where they could show off their talents. No one really remembers the MC, right? It's really about the student talent and stuff, and making sure that the the show can go off without a hitch. So I always enjoyed hamming it up a little bit, but really making sure that the shows could go on uh, seamlessly to stay on time. Because a lot of times those programs cost, you know, you had to, you know, um, have the people running the lights and stuff, and rightfully so. But you had to pay for, you know, the the programming aspect of it, and we can move things forward. But it was a lot of fun. And, Did you do anything with PSTV? Um, I never really got involved in PSTV because I transitioned over to the, the public okay. relations and, and, uh, and marketing okay. or, or speech, speech comm as it's called right. then. Yeah. All right. One last thing. This sure. is like a little bit more of a heavy question. Okay. So if you were stuck in a foxhole with somebody and you needed to get out, like needed to get out, not life or death, but you know, you kind of want to get out of there. Who would be the one person you would want in there with you to help you escape? Wow. That's like, um... <laughs> Uh, hmm. See, he's Makes not immediately think. saying his wife, which is interesting. MacGyver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. 
It needs, I, to, it needs to be like a witty person sometimes. Might not be like the person you even like the most, just somebody you know you can rely on to get you out of a situation. Yeah, probably probably my really good friend Corey Jackson. Okay. Uh, who who <laughs> who I worked with the, at the college. Uh, you know, we we went through a lot, and I think that uh, a lot of what our portfolio that we had at the college we we split roles and duties. You know, like we would take something and split it in half. So I think if there's anybody that kind of uh, can finish my sentences. Uh, it's it's probably Corey from from the work angle. So and go. and I'm not convinced that my wife wouldn't just run and be like, hey, no, <laughs> just joking. <laughs> well, that 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 that's what I had. I mean, I had to do that. Whenever we've had a guest mm-hmm. on, we've had to ask him some questions. And I feel like one of the best ones was when I asked Julie Decker, pancakes or waffles, and then it was like, well, I don't have a waffle maker, so it has to be pancakes. <laughs> I, you're comparing that to pancakes and waffles, and what you just asked me, waffles, <laughs> waffles, indisputably. <laughs> That was an easy one. Look at my physique and tell me that I can't answer a food question. <laughs> that was, that was, there were some tricky ones. But no, hey, this was really fun. It really, was. Really, really enjoyed this. I'm glad yes. we could have you on. Yeah, Thanks, we guys. are glad to have you on. Uh, um, Michael's been supervisor for how long now? Uh, six years. Uh, six years now. And, um, you know, as a newspaper, we deal with government officials all the time. Some are cooperative and helpful. Others are not. Yeah. He's always accessible. He's always professional. He's always good to deal with. And the Press Republican thanks you for that. Appreciate it. And we appreciate working with you. And we kind of share the same mission, um, you know, serving the North Country, uh, doing the best we can to make uh, life, uh, quality of life be as good as it can be. And uh, we thank you for your efforts. And we thank you for your cooperation. Again, and it's... Always a, a pleasure to see you, and he can come on anytime, right? Of course. You can just be the fourth guy if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if your listeners would want to listen to me that long. I will, I will say, hold on one second. He has a great voice for the podcast. Absolutely. It's like a perfect, you, you have a perfect level. A nice timber. Yes. <laughs> yes. Who would you recommend our next guest be? Hmm. That's uh, Doug Buttdorf is probably going to be. Doug, Doug would be fun. Jumping at the bit. Yeah, um, someone who who I think um, who I just enjoy their stories uh, a lot is Sarah Rowden. Um, I you know to me I, I've always enjoyed Sarah. She has such a wide um, uh, variety of, of life experiences. From you know I think she was teaching like snowboarding or skiing on whiteface for years and county legislator and you know just. All the stuff. So, Sarah is somebody. Sarah is that. That's a good good recommendation. Um, yeah. I covered Sarah as a legislator for her all twelve years. She was there, yeah. and I remember when she first came on, she was green, very green, yeah. and, and didn't know much. And I thought, oh, how's this going to go? By the end of her time, she was uh, an excellent legislator, yeah. very good. Uh, worked hard at it. You could tell. Um, really cared and did a great job. And she's one of my all-time favorite legislators. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'd love to have her on. If we have Doug Buttdorf on, it's going to be about how he's just upset about the outcome of sports food madness in different ways. <laughs> and then also we're going to talk a lot about Plattsburgh State hoops probably. I think those will be And two, cryptocurrency. Two and yes, cryptocurrency. Yes. That would be interesting. Um, but anyways, again, Michael, thank you. Appreciate yes. it. And you can listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud. You can also find it on our website, PressRepublican.com, our Facebook, uh, Twitter, and Instagram pages. And, yeah, Michael, thank you for coming on. Michael Michigan Cashman. (laughs) (laughs) Joe, sign us off. Thanks again, everybody, for listening. We appreciate your support, and we wish everybody a little weak side help.